Hello and welcome to the Let That Shift Go podcast. I'm Noel. And I'm Lena. And this is where we talk about the good, the bad, and all the shift in between. We just talk mad shift. <laughs> Let's get into it. All right. So today on Let That Shift Go, I have a very special, very special to me guest. It's Kathy Courtney. Um, we first met at Fit for Service at a workshop involving the circling method. And through our interaction with her, we learned some incredible tools um, for having deeper conversations, which literally have changed the way that we relate to our family and to each other. And a lot of these methods we bring back to Serenity Cove in order to facilitate communication between participants. And so I'm so honored to have her today on our podcast. Um, she is a person that was deeply involved in the circling method. She's a certified RLT relational life therapy coach. And she's also an embodied connection facilitator coach. She has her own program for being able to um, guide other coaches into having deeper conversations with their clients, which can really change the direction of their own business and interaction. So I'm so excited to have her on our show today. Um, welcome, Kathy. Oh, thank you, Lena. It is such a gift to be here with you. I've uh, really enjoyed over the last year uh, deepening deepening our connection and um, really like big moment in that was uh, when we both were at the somatic breathwork training in Austin back in February on my birthday. I remember getting out of the car and running into you and Alex and um, yeah, it's just been such a sweet journey this past year and then really deepening our connection um, in Sedona just a couple weeks ago. So it's lovely to be here with you. Oh, I love it. Feels very kismet. You're one of those people. I know I've told you that when I saw you, I was like, I want to know her. I need to know her. I want to be close to her. It was like this like pull, like a moth to the flame, like just in your periphery because it just feels so good. So I think there's something to that. And I'm so happy to have you here. Um, and really what I wanted to talk about more was this embodied connection, your relational coaching, what you offer and why, how did this come about? And how do you see it affecting people in the way that they're able to relate to one another? Yeah, thank you so much for the question. So just a little bit about, I guess, my storyline, how I've come to this point um, of actually wanting to share how to use some of these practices, especially in um, the container of coach and client or therapist client. Um, which is just one way to apply this work. Um, I guess, you know, I, I grew up in South Africa just very briefly, and it was in the height of apartheid, uh, born white in the suppressive system, and from a very early age knew that something was really off about all of this. I was a sensitive being, and I just longed for connection. I longed for um, it pained me to feel the disparity between blacks and whites in South Africa. And like I, we had a black and um, gardener and maid and as most South African white South Africans did at that time. And I remember just any moment I could trying to seek connection with these, with these uh, elders of mine who 
um, you know, I, I was fascinated. I wanted to like find where are we the same, uh, just really dying for connection. Um, and then on top of that also had this British background, which was very, um, rigid, very black and white, <laughs> very like appearance-based, um, politeness was, was highly valued, appearance highly valued and deep, deep, honest conversations were not. Um, let's avoid the elephant in the room at all costs and act as if everything is just fine. So these two dynamics happening in my childhood deeply impacted me. And then everything after that became about how to rectify and heal that. So after we moved to the U.S., you know, I dove deep into different practices as a young um, adult, studied movement, dance, massage, um, and like a somatic body work at a really young age. Um, and then found my way eventually in my early 30s, um, or maybe it was my late 30s, to this communication practice called circling, which is how you first um, experienced me. I was teaching that. And it was this way of being together in communication that just felt like something I've longed for forever, but didn't know there was actually a thing for it. Yeah. So it was like finding a long lost uh, love or like family member or something. Um, yeah, so it felt, uh, I I took to it so naturally and easily. And before I knew it, I was teaching with the founder of the work, Guy, who you also met in Sedona. And all of a sudden, I found myself training people in it and um, and really, really committing to wanting to share this kind of practice with as many people as possible. Um, I could say more, but I'm going to pause there because there were other parts to your question, but that's just kind of the evolution of how I got to that work. Yeah. Yeah. It was very impactful. One of the most impactful parts of being part of Fit for Service was just this, you know, and I know we've referred to it as a technology of communication and why that feels like a rigid word. It did kind of just provide the scaffolding for being able to deepen communication in a way that I had not experienced. So it's just yeah. a very important part of that. I appreciate yeah. that part of it. Thank you. Yeah. So what's the difference? And it's so interesting to me, even when I hear that, it's um, sometimes I forget and I take for granted the, the particular skills that we teach at Fit for Service from the circling method. And now that I've kind of evolved to something a little different, which we'll talk about in a little bit, but the the basic skills are essentially First of all, the tenets of it, we don't ever try to fix or change where someone is. We're actually really welcoming whatever is emerging in the moment, no matter what the emotional state is or the experience is. It's this deep acceptance and not just acceptance, but embracing of where somebody is. Mm. We've been so cultured to um to feel this pressure to try to fix somebody or make them, you know, make them feel better or give them a solution to their problem. And while there is a place for that, it's not in the context of trying to be seen and heard or trying to hold space for someone. Right. What does it, you know, what does it mean to hold space for someone? Yeah. Um, 
the other piece of that is, you know, we forget that we all have a uniquely um, like world and uniquely occurring worldview. We all perceive the moment, our experiences based on everything, not only our epigenetics, but everything that we were exposed to and how we developed as a child and our particular circumstances and how the world embraced us, how we were witnessed as we were unfolding. And, and so everybody has this unique occurring worldview. What's it like to be you? What's it like to be me? And how can we create a space where we get deeply curious about that? Yeah. Yeah. That was something my brother and I talked about in our last podcast was everyone being in their own movie theater where they're the main character. So they see everything through the eyes of their own perception of their own experience and reality. And you and I could be in having the same exact scene, but we're having a completely different experience of one another of the situation based on our experience having come into that. So absolutely. Absolutely. And like being in the same family, how, what a great example, like, I have three siblings, you have multiple siblings too, and you're you're born into the same circumstances. However, each child responds. Not only are they responded to differently based on their what they come in with, the wiring, the the, the environment, how mom and dad are doing in that moment, how is the pregnancy? I mean, there's so many factors, the world circumstances. But also, I think we come in with a particular wiring of sorts. I know my children were both really different in their nervous systems when they came in. and um, But we we have a completely different experience of the same household, the same parents, the same, some of the same circumstances. So, you know, when we get to a place like where we are today, and especially during the pandemic, I think this became exacerbated, like the how we became so kind of stuck and polarized in our own beliefs and the way that we, what we think is right, you know, and somehow we lost, we, over time, we seem to have lost the ability to actually um, be able to have dialogue in a way that's not threatening and really get curious about well, how do you see things? How does it work for you? And instead of going into this place of wrong and right, being able to hold differences, but stay connected Yeah. at the same time. Yeah. Just be able to be curious. I I love that that was one of the things that was encouraged is just to be curious about the other person's experience and really, you know, try to understand it without trying to manipulate it or make it fit yours or, you know, have some agenda in your listening is just to actually deeply listen with listening. So that was such a different way to actually communicate. And I don't think it's one that is really talked about, you know, or given as a, um, some tools for that to develop that skill. Yes. And that's like a lifelong evolving skill because the thing to know about listening, what I often tell people is most of the time we're not. So there's always like, you know, obviously it requires deep presence to really listen. It requires us to um, let go of, of the filters or the concepts of who we think each other are already, the meaning making we've given. 
the categorizing, the judgments, the past experiences. We listen through the filters of that, which is okay. I think that there's a natural way we want to categorize and make meaning and make sense. But how can we actually continue to come back to the moment of of like a, a deep openness? It's not that you want to listen to in a way that you're going to actually take on everything that someone's saying. There's a healthy boundary. You know, it's that place between being completely rigid and closed and being really, really open so such that you forget yourself, like you have to have a good sense of self, but that there's actually this kind of middle way where I'm willing to really listen to you in a way that I'm willing to be changed by the listening of you. But I have, but I actually have the ground and sovereignty inside of myself that I'm not going to be, you know, influenced in a way that I don't want to be influenced like I get to I get to take on the listening and put it through the filters and and take what what perhaps is an enhancement to my life or a a new value or a new something that that I'm available for yeah and discard what's not mine but in the moment I'm really actually available for that listening and what an act of love that is yeah, it, like when you're describing that, I I almost imagine somebody you know trying to really step out of their default mode way of thinking and having to consciously step out of the default, the the already the judgments or the, what this means, this means that, and and just kind of be open to something new and be able to hear that and listen, like it's creating a new neural pathway in the brain, you know, to be able to hold that space. Totally, it's just beautiful. How does that? Um, how does that work in your relational coaching? Because I know you work with couples or even with, you know, people who are in relationship in general. Yeah. How does that work yeah. in that? Yeah. Well, I think um in multiple ways. So when I work with couples, gosh, when people are triggered, you know, oftentimes when couples have come to me, um, they've been in a pattern of disconnection for a while. And we all know what that looks like. You know, it's like built up resentments and lack of communication and um, things that haven't been resolved or healed and mm-hmm. and patterns of, of fighting and dissonance or withdrawal and, you know, lack of physical intimacy as a result and so on and so forth. So um, teaching them to actually listen first of all is to listen to self right so can you even be aware of what is happening moment to moment in your body in your body mind and soul of like oh I'm actually there's a need that I have that I haven't even recognized or oh I'm feeling triggered right now something that's happening is creating a you know, this response in me that's making me no longer available for listening, or I feel defensive. I mean, so, so the first listening always has to be a a listening to self, what is actually happening over here that I can be responsible for. Yeah. Then to be able to actually set up 
Um, I offer them the communication skills of how to listen to each other and how to how to regulate oneself enough that they can listen and how to then, um, you know, demonstrate their listening by paraphrasing and checking that they got they got it right and then how to ask deepening questions to reveal more of your partner's experience and help them to even see what they haven't seen before and and how to share what it's like to have listened to you that's a big piece that we often forget like you could share something with me and then I'm like oh well um so yeah, how about that game we're going to go to later today? And you're like, what? Did you even hear what I said? But to teach people to say, gosh, when I heard that, I felt really, um, you know, sad. And I imagine how that must have felt for you. And and I'm going to do my best to like, to not do that again, or to tend to your heart or whatever it is. Um, yeah. I love that. And I I often forget that piece of the, um, you know, what that felt like for me to receive the message or to receive you in that way. And that is, it's such an important piece because that's really where we, the person gets to feel seen and heard. Yeah. It's really like, oh, wow. How did that impact you? What did that, how, and I love the, I imagine I, your conversations with you are magical because so seen, so heard, it feels like an expansive experience to have, to be in conversation with you. Like I feel like I've grown from each one of them. And so just being mm. able to use some of these tools in, in everyday conversations is so powerful. It changes your relationships with everyone around you. If you can just have some self-awareness of self, like you said, what am I feeling in this moment? And being able to hold space, hold that space and, and not, bombard yourself into it, just be able to hold the space for someone else to express themselves and yeah. have to do that with curiosity and then express back what that meant to you. How did that feel for you? It's, it's just extremely powerful. So yeah, yeah. how relationally coming into conversation in this way can help relationships that may have felt like it was the end. There's no hope. I don't know how we can ever come together and really just having some simple, really yeah. simple, basic things to employ, especially with the help of a coach to be able to guide that and stay on track and really kind of guide these, um, you know, mechanisms to become natural can change the course of a relationship. And no matter where it's at, no matter where that relationship is going. Definitely. I know if we can, yeah, definitely. There's multiple things there. The thing that's coming up for me as I'm listening to you is the other, like, not only will your relationships get better and your intimate relationship, your relationship with your kids, your dear friends, you know, different people, even if you're a coach, your relationship with your clients, because what happens is it requires deep presence. And that's really what it is. It's, it's presence. And when there is presence, man, does it bring up so much aliveness and richness in the conversation and in the connection and it it ends up for me, you know, there's a part of all of this that's selfish because I love, I just love connection with people. Yeah. And it takes your connections from like a level three to a level 10 and, and like, 100%. it's pleasurable. It's, it's like, how do you bring more pleasure and, and aliveness and richness to your life? 
start with all of your interactions start with your presence start with like getting curious start with like actually slowing down and paying attention to what's happening in the moment between you and someone else i think you're muted it's beautiful because it's honestly changed the relationships that I have in my family with Armando and I, with just how we sit down and communicate with one another has like greatly changed. Oh, I'd love to hear more about that. How would you describe the difference? I think like, especially with Armando and I, when we are able to sit down and consciously say, like, tell me about your experience, you know, or tell me how that was for you and be able to say, this is, you know, what I heard that you experienced this, that there was a conversation and it made you feel this way um, and, and say, is that right? And there's just this look, like I think on his face and, and on mine, like, wow, you know, and there's an opportunity to say, no, it, that's not right. This is really what I meant. Okay. Okay. And then, you know, kind of repeat that back. Is that right? Yes. And what I want to know is this, you know, because there's a question that pops up in your head when having a conversation um, and it just deepens that. And you can just see this pull in of energy from the other person um, that just, it feels like a, like a flame that gets bigger, you know, mm. like it just rises. And I, you can't help but have a smile on your face, just having this moment of, yes, I got that right. And I hear you and I see you. And the other person like, you did hear me, you do see me. And, I, and it's, it's this, um, this amazing effect of being seen and heard is something that we all want so deeply. Um, when I have workshops with people and we have just a little bit of communication cards and, it, you know, I'll tell you that's our favorite part because it's being able to be seen and heard, even if it's by a complete stranger, sometimes okay. even more so, you know, okay. so yeah, it's in the conversations with our family. I mean, our, with our kids being able to see and hear our kids and let them know like, I see you. I hear you. I want to know more is, I'm sorry, it's the biggest game changer ever. And the, I want to know more part is everything. Oh my God. Sometimes they're afraid to have that conversation with you, right? They're saying something that might hurt me. I have to face where I failed them in some way. And for me to say, I want to know more. is like, what? I didn't even think you'd want to hear what I had to say in the first place deepens the relationship. It builds trust. It's a bridge to everything. You are so right. That has been probably for me, the most rewarding experience is having this opportunity for my daughters um, to, especially my oldest daughter, um, to tell me some things that have been really hard truths to hear but to have in the moment healings mm -hmm. of where, you know, we offer listening and curiosity and take responsibility and, oh, I imagine that must've felt. And, and we're not trying to like teach them or tell them how it should be or defend it or anything. Just imagine if like more and more people being able to have those kinds of conversations with their kids um, whether they're younger or adult kids, yeah. is a game changer. It it's is. a game changer. And even like with a teen, because I started using these skills, um, my oldest is 
um, now 20, but like when she was much younger, like 12, 13, 14, I started off by just hearing her and that was huge. And um, instead of like, well, you should feel this way, or I'm going to give you this advice, or how about we try this to make you feel better? Mm-hmm. Um, and it set up a safety. It set up a safety of um, this capacity to be able to open up to me. And gosh, like, I'm sure there'll be more things in the future with my oldest. Mm-hmm. Maybe things will come up from before that she hasn't yet seen. Yeah. But for the most part, it feels as if everything has been cleared up to this point. Yeah. There's not many parents and like and children that get to say that say that. Yeah. Yeah. That's so that gold. That is gold. It does accept it sets up that safety and communication that there isn't maybe there's less of a thought of like, I can't tell them this, or this will never be okay. You know, because one of the biggest things that I know I used to do um, before becoming a little bit more self-aware was defend. I want to defend myself because, you know, if you're telling me something I did wrong, the first thing I want to do is tell you why you're wrong or tell you why I did the best I could, which really, it doesn't help. It doesn't open up communication. It just shuts it down. And, you know, once it was like learning some of these things and becoming more self-aware um, gave me the capacity to kind of hold that space bigger so that when it feels like the frequency would change of the conversation, it, just allow that to open, allow it to open, allow them to express, and then be able to ask more questions. And that just, it changed everything. It changed everything about the conversation, about the safety in the conversation. And I'm I'm imagining like thinking of a a, a starting at 12 or five, you know, with your children of being able to deepen communication and safety in conversation can change everything about the relationship moving forward. And it's never too late. Mm -hmm. It's never too late. I didn't start until the past few years, but yeah, it, it has made the relationship deeper beautiful i believe you know and and still like i'm it just makes me more curious about what else is there and yeah. my ability to hold that in myself and not feel attacked or not feel like i have to tell you why you're wrong because it doesn't yeah. that's not what it's about you know yes yes yeah so with couples and with individuals i think it's very common to get in a pattern of defensiveness um so it's important to be able to understand when you're in that space and how to regulate yourself and come back to a center inside of yourself such that you can be available for listening again and hearing the feedback and taking accountability for where where you might have you know acted out out of alignment yeah. Or hold space. And, and sometimes, you know, somebody's feedback is a 100% projection of them. Yeah. But either way, um, to be able to create that that space of safety and openness and sharing and understanding, it's essential that you tend to that defensiveness inside. There's a reason why, you know, isn't relationship so beautiful because it it illuminates those places in us where we're not healed yet. So if I'm defensive, gosh, look, here's a little nugget, a golden nugget doorway that's going to show me where I'm not healed yet. So whether it was true or not, what they said about me, 
the fact that it's defensive. Your trigger is your treasure. Exactly. Your trigger is your treasure. So do your work to look at, oh, okay, what happened for me? What was I afraid of? What am I defending? Yeah. And I get curious about myself and what that was. But know that no good conversation can come between you and your partner or anyone else from that defensive space. Yeah. It doesn't open up the space for for safety and it just shuts you down. It kind of shuts down the whole thing because you're not not available anymore. So I love that. Exactly. I love that. Yes. Um, Tell me a little bit more about like, what's your evolution been Mm -hmm. since circling and moving into embodied, you know, connection and relational coaching? How has that been for you? And how do you see it going forward in the future? Yeah. Well, thanks. Um, So I am um, excited because for the first time uh, in January, I'm going to be offering a course, a three-month course for coaches and therapists. And the reason why I'm doing this is, you know, it's taken a while to figure out for myself, what is my particular signature? The Circling Method was founded by um, my dear mentor and friend, Guy Sengstock, and and, um, another man, Jerry, who's since passed away. And it's really taken off across the world, and it's it's taken different forms. Um, And for me, I think it's taken some time for me to realize that there's something more for me that I'm wanting to bring forward. And um, I've also heard a lot from different coaches and therapists this this kind of sense, especially in the therapeutic world where a therapist can't really bring a lot of themselves. They're not really trained to bring themselves into the container or to share the impact of what it's like in the moment to feel, you know, to feel their client or to hear what their client shares or tend to the relational field that's happening in the moment between them. Um, So my, and on top of that, for therapists, there's been the last few years since the pandemic where there's really been like such a high demand for therapists. And I think a lot of them are burnt out and, and taxed, um, overtaxed. Yeah. So I would love to help them and other coaches to be able to bring more of their authentic dialogue into their containers. Mm. How do you say the thing that you're sitting back, not saying because it feels, you know, maybe a little risque, maybe a little too um, edgy to say, like, I'll give you one example. You know, I've heard a few kind of younger coaches say, um, yeah, I, I'm listening to the same stories over and over again, and I'm getting exhausted and I don't know how to say, I don't know how to stop it. I don't know what to say. Well, the thing for me, like what I like to teach them, or if I was in that situation, how do you own your experience and share it, share it in an authentic way? And it could be something like I'm noticing I'm hearing the same stories. And as I hear them, I'm feeling exhausted and I'm feeling disinterested. And I'm wondering what that's like for you to hear. Mm. And I might even say this feels edgy for me to share. I want you to know I'm saying this from a loving place. 
I'm noticing the stories that I hear on repeat feel, um, I'm feeling bored. Yeah. I'm feeling, I, love I mean, right. That's kind yeah. of radical, but gosh, can that be the thing that like wakes somebody up? Yeah. Yeah. Now, of course, this is after a lot of attunement, a lot of trust, a lot of rapport building. You don't just out the gate say this, um, but it's how can I have the kind of uh, like attunement and then self-responsibility and use myself as a tuning fork Mm -hmm. for what's happening in the field. And if I'm feeling this way, what are the other people in their lives feeling? Um, Yeah. You know, yeah. and that can happen too sometimes in my relationship, um, in my my container with couples. Like all of a sudden, I'm feeling the thing that she's complaining about about him in the you know heterosexual couple that like, and I'll say, oh my gosh, like I'm noticing, I'm feeling backed up against a wall, and I can barely breathe. And I, I'm now imagining what she's feeling like, and I can resonate with the things she's saying. What's that like to hear? Mm. And so, so what this does is it allows me to bring my true expression, my fullness, my my humanness to the container. And, um, and at the same time, like I'm not feeling in doing that, I'm feeling enriched i'm feeling like there's a lot of reciprocity i'm feeling right there eye to eye with these folks um i'm feeling energized the power the sessions are powerful because not a lot of people are saying these things yeah um, i'm feeling you know in in other ways i'm feeling deeply like nourished and even like the pleasure of being in that alive conversation with my clients. So I, I'm at the end of my day, not feeling depleted at all. I'm feeling gifted. I'm feeling alive. I'm feeling excited. And, and in the middle of all of this, the way I'm living my life is the same. So yeah, I'm having these conversations everywhere I go. I'm in that same moment to moment presence as much as I can be because I know that it's pleasurable because I know that it's um it's filling me up like as I'm giving I'm also receiving and I I want more and more for people in all of their interactions no matter what the roles are to feel that flow of reciprocity yeah yeah you know what I mean you know what the the other thing with that in in listening to you talk about it and having had really deep conversations with you what I notice is that it gives me permission to be able to express that way too so even when you you're saying the hard thing like you know I'm noticing that this is I'm uncomfortable in this or it feels like this like to receive to be on the receiving end of that in some ways you might think oh my gosh like they're going to be hurt or they're going to take it a certain way. But at the same time, I think we can experience this almost permission to do the same, to be authentic in our own, you know, conversations and to say when something makes us feel a certain way and not have to judge it or not have to worry about keeping it in because it's going to be judged. So it just yes. that reciprocity of being able to also be able to express back 
well, that made yeah. me feel this way. And I, it's okay for me to say that to you because you're comfortable saying to me what it made you feel. And maybe that's a whole new way of communicating instead of people pleasing, you know, or like yeah. I can say that and I have to just act like I'm interested. But what if we did just say like, this conversation is just, I'm completely disinterested at this point. It might make your conversation much better. And at the same time, yeah. give the other person permission to be like, yeah, even I'm disinterested in this conversation. Totally. The other thing, yeah. Sorry. No, we, no, no, please go ahead. Um, I was also just thinking about like a particular client I have right now has never had a, a, a relationship where she has felt she could be really authentic. And, and we've worked for quite a while together. We have a lot of safety and trust. And so I even recently invited her to, to bring forward with me, like, where are the places that you're not, that you're like holding back or, you know, I really had to kind of create the, the room for it. And she revealed that there had been this, you know, projected anticipation of judgment from me that, that if, if she shared a particular thing, this big part of her life that I would then, you know, judge and, and um, kind of distance myself from her in some way, or it was too painful for her to, to think that I would do that. So she just kind of held back mm -hmm. on a very important part of her life, her, like her spiritual life. Mm -hmm. And um, because we have differing views. And so it was this beautiful healing moment to say, to really invite that out and get curious. And then to say, well, would you like, would you like to hear what's happening for me when I hear that? Ah. And so then I, I shared what was really true for me. And then I checked in with her. How is this landing in you? Like, what is it like to hear this? Let's, let's really slow this down and, and pay attention. What are you noticing in your body as I say all of this? because she's literally never had a conversation where she's been affirmed that it's okay to have a different belief and to still be loved, accepted and whole seen as whole. Oh, that's so powerful. It's so powerful. It created this corrective experience and gosh. And for me as the practitioner, the coach, the facilitator, it, it like touches in a place in me that feels um, deeply meaningful, yeah. deeply, deeply meaningful, because what it means is that for me, this particular skill and way of being that I've been gifted, I can, not only have I, I've built the skill, but there's a particular way of being that I have mm -hmm. that is being met and received. And, and, and in the, the ability for that to be received, it is equally gifting me. Yes. Because yeah. it's like, oh my gosh, like my skills are being really utilized in a way that's healing for this person. And 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 it it just fills me up beyond measure. And so I am so grateful for that. And I want to share more with other people how to have more of that in their in their day-to-day -day experience with their particular particular signatures and their full expression and how they can make that more dynamic with their clients. It is a an absolute life changer. 
I mean, I, you know, I don't say that about everything, but it definitely just in the way of having conversations with people you love or people you don't even know you've met for the first time, it changes so much. It's like a self-fulfilling loop that goes back and forth. It's good for them, like you were saying, and it's good for you. And at the end of it, you don't feel drained from the conversation. You kind of feel enlivened by it. And so do they. And then, you know, being able to be seen and heard is so important. So tell me, tell us more about where we can find you um, and to learn more about what your offerings are, to learn more about your program that will be starting in, I think, January for coaching Mm -hmm. therapists. Um, Yeah. Give us more information about that so that we can um, direct people in the right direction. And we'll put some things in the show notes as well. Oh, thanks, Lena. So the best place to find me um it's my website and that's kathycourtney.com so that'll be in the show notes but it's uh, c-a-t-h-y-c-o-u-r-t-e-n-a-y.com and you can find out about um the events that i have and then the different ways of working with me um and then you can also connect with me on instagram and my it's just at kathy courtney and um yeah, I would say that that's the best way to find me. Awesome. And we're hoping to have Kathy out here next year for an event um, to do yes. together. And so I'm so excited to plan that out because I love working with you. I love being in your field. Yeah. It, I grow every time. So does everyone around us. So I'm just so excited to have had you on our show today. Thank you so much. It's an honor to have you on here today and to share the wisdom that I have found extremely valuable and I hope, and I know others will too. So Thanks Lena. The feeling is completely mutual and um, I appreciate being on here. It's been lovely to chat with you and much love to everyone out there. Thank you. All right. So check back. We'll have some stuff in the show notes for you guys to find Kathy and any questions that you have, send us a message, find her on Instagram or contact us and we'll put you in touch. So we'll see you next time. All right. That's been another episode of Let That Shift Go podcast. I'm Noel. And I'm Lena. Let us know what your questions are, and we'd love to use them on a future episode. Or check us out on Insta at Let That Shift Go, or visit our website, serenitycovetemecula.com.